Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, the Real Gerald Quinn, on this 23rd of January, 2020, as I discuss the world of sports and pop culture. As always, I'm streaming live here on my YouTube channel. You can also check or check me out on iTunes, Apple.itunes, Stitcher, and later on this evening, maybe early tomorrow morning, uh, Blog Talk Radio as well. Um, just a couple things uh, as we head, you know, as we head towards Super Bowl 54, um, Super Bowl 54, which will be be here before you know it. This course is the the you know quote unquote bye week before everything kicks into gear this weekend with both teams arriving in Miami. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll do plenty of that next week. I'll put off the heavy stuff next week, though. I do have a couple things I want to touch on with uh, in regards to uh, San Francisco. Uh, Eastern Conference, all the All Star starters are out. They just came out about um, about thirty minutes ago. Um, no major. Obviously, the Western the Western Conference was the lot. You know, the five locks: LeBron, Anthony Davis, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Harden, and Luca. Those were virtual locks. It would, it would have been a major story had any of those players not been voted in um, as starters. Eastern Conference. Not so much. Um, I think I expected Kemba, excuse me, expected the Greek Freak, Embiid, and also um, Kemba uh, Siakam. I, I kind of expected those those guys, um, and even Kemba Walker. Trey Young gets voted in um, as the fifth starter. We know what type of numbers he's put uh, he's put up, but we know Atlanta has been one of the biggest disappointments this season. I thought Atlanta would be fighting for an A spot. Though John Collins missed a number of games, but regards to that, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta should be better. Uh, that's you know, that's all it is to it. They should be better. They should be much better than what they are. But Trey Young gets in. He's been putting up again video game type numbers. And I just today, as I was thinking about it a little bit, just came around on, came around on the idea of Trey Young deserving to be on the All Star. Uh, be to be an all-star because there's, there's just not that many guards in Eastern Conference uh, with Kyrie being down with some of the other guards um, on bad teams as well. I personally, um, I would have went with Kemba and uh, Ben Simmons myself, but Ben Simmons is not as popular as Trey Young. Ben Simmons to me like should be starting on the all-star team, or you could even went with uh, Kemba and you know Kyle Lowry, but they more likely they're not. They're not gonna have two point guards. Um, not gonna have two point guards. Listen, they you know the NBA has to lessen the impact of the fan vote. Right now it's 50, 25, 25. You have the fans, the media, and the players. They should probably lower the fans to about to to me to say 25 for the fans, uh, 30 for the fans. And 35 and 35 for the media and uh, players. I think the media and players vote should count for more than the fans at this point. I, I there's no way to me that Trey Young should be starting on the All Star team. I mean, he was going to be to me, he was going to be a on the borderline of making it. And I'm not one of these guys who thinks who treats the All Star game uh, as an MVP award or just uh, strictly based on team success. Um, I I would like to you kind of use that, you know, in case team success, in case you want to say, hey, um, both guys are having great years. 
both guys having similar years, you know, what does the team look, uh, you know, what is, what is their team doing? I look at individual success for all-stars even before I look at team success. But at some point, if the player is on a team that has been one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference and at one point was playing like one of the worst teams in the NBA, I, I got to take that into consideration. And I, that's something to me that has to be taken into consideration. Again, I enjoy watching Trey Young play. Uh, Trey Young doesn't guard anybody. Let's keep that in mind. Like He might score 29, 28, 29, but he's probably giving up 25, 26. He is one of the worst defensive players in the league by far. He's one of, he's one of the worst defense players at any position. But he gets in. He gets voted in. Um, they, and, again, you could have went Butler. You're talking about in terms of deserving. You could have put Butler in that other guard spot. Um, I think Bradley Bill has been phenomenal this year. I, I watch Bradley Bill a lot. Bradley Bill has been just off the charts good. And he has made Washington, single-handedly made the Washington Wizards watchable. Like they, you know, they wouldn't, Wizards, Wizards wouldn't win six, five games without Bradley Bill. So he's made them watchable. He's made them entertaining somewhat. Uh, somewhat. They've been somewhat competitive, even though their record's not good. And, Brad, and Bradley Bill right now at this stage is a flat-out better player than Trey Young. So I would, I would, you know, you could have went with Bradley Bill in that other guard spot. Uh, certainly even Kyle Lowry, even though he's a point guard, Lowry always tremendous defensively. That's been a perennial all-star on the Toronto team that's going to contend for the uh, Eastern Conference. So you had that going on. Um, of course, last night you had uh, the debut of Zion Williamson uh, in the regular season. And through, through the first three quarters, you know, it was kind of ho-hum. Um, you know, I, he was not going through the motions. I shouldn't say that. But, he, you know, he was kind of like feeling his way through the game. Wasn't forcing anything. Had a couple turnovers. Um, he felt like he wasn't, uh, you know, trying to get a second win. But fourth quarter, he showed you why he not only was the number one pick, but he showed you why that this guy, if he stays healthy, will be a generational talent, a generational player without question, and will be a top player in this league. He just had a three-minute outburst, three- to four-minute outburst, where he scored 17 points. He's the first player in NBA history to have 20 over 20 points and seven rebounds um, in under 20 minutes. He only played 18 minutes, Was had the crowd going berserk, uh, even forced Allen Gentry's hand in terms of leaving him, leaving him in longer in the fourth quarter. He was phenomenal. And again, he is a special player because he does not need to dominate the ball to be effective. He can play off the ball. He can play without the ball. He's unselfish. He he does. He, he's he's going to be somebody that hustles, does the little things as well. His bat, high basketball IQ. This guy is going to be a transcendent player if he stays healthy. Now he he's heavy. He, you know, saying two hundred eighty-five pounds, he probably look closer to about three ten, three fifteen. And then, and those, you know, and I'm, for those of you out there, I'm not fat shaming. But he's he's a big dude. He's a big the guy. There's no way he's 285 pounds. There's no way. And that's the scary part. He's not. This is not even in shape Zion right now in, in terms of basketball shape. He's not in basketball shape right now, like top NBA peak NBA basketball shape. Um, again, he's must see. He is absolutely must see TV every time the, the team plays. Be looking forward to watching him. I'll be trying to watch every New Orleans Pelican Pelicans game. 
because he's you know he's he's a different level athlete. I mean, he he is a absolute different level athlete. Knows how to use his body. And again, he was very patient last night. He didn't really force much. He had a couple he had a couple turnovers that were due to Russ. That were due to kind of you know trying to fit in, not trying to do too much. <clears throat> not forcing his turnovers were off. You know, ball handling and a couple of passing. It wasn't you know he was not trying to wasn't forcing shots at all. Um, but again, that three minute outburst that he had in the fourth, fourth quarter, you saw, you saw that about, you saw that about, you know, 30 different times in, uh, in, in, in his one season at Duke where he kind of would be just feeling his way through the game. And next thing you know, he goes for like 15 points in three minutes or 10 points in two minutes. And it's like, you look, you know, he's like, oh, didn't he just have five points? Oh, damn. Now he has 21 points. That's how fast it happened. I was on my way home last night, and you know I'm watching the game on my phone. I'm on my way, you know, watching the game on my phone on the, uh, the ESPN app. And uh, I didn't mean to give that plug, but you know the game was on ESPN. And you know after three quarters, I'm like, eh, okay, you know maybe you know they maybe they're gonna you treat them with kick gloves and not play them a lot in the fourth quarter. I get home, turn on, you know catch like the last. Five minutes of the game, and say, "Oh, Zion has twenty-two points." Like, what? Like, what the hell happened? I had, I luckily, I DVR'd the game. And had to, I went back and rewinded, and just couldn't believe what I was watching from the standpoint of how fast it happened, and you know, knocking down the three-point shots. And clearly, that's the one thing that he has been doing, um, because it's, the shots look, his shot looked pure. Uh, that he, there's no question that he's been working on his outside shot, and he again, that is something. Thinking, I'm not trying to make the comparison, but people are, are automatically going to make the comparison. Some LeBron James, he already has a better jump shot than LeBron James had coming into the league already at age, you know, whatever he is, at age 19, already. So, um, again, this is a matter of him staying healthy. Um, I think that's – I like that team a lot. They have a lot of young talent. Brandon Ingram probably will make the all-star team this year. He's had an all-star caliber year. Lonzo Ball has improved. They still have Jason Hart. They have you know Drew Holiday. They have a not a lot of young pieces where they just stay together, wait out some of these older te- some of these older teams, uh, or wait out some of these teams. You know, wait out the Lakers, wait out Golden States, wait out those teams. They will be right there amongst the uh, title contenders. Um, David Griffin knows what he's doing. Uh, now again, I don't know if Alvin, Alvin Gentry is going to be their coach long term. I don't, I don't don't know about that long term, but you know we'll see. He, Alvin Gentry did injure, take a team to the Eastern to the Western Conference Finals you know, uh, back in 2010 with, uh, of course, that that fun Phoenix Suns team. So you had that going on in the NBA. Uh, I don't know if you noticed because there have been a lot of stories around the league, but James Harden has kind of tailed off in the last couple of weeks. Uh, now, these are stats before the game last night. In his last 10 games before last night, he was averaging 31-7-7, shooting 37% from the field and 29% from the three-point range, from the three-point line. Um, he's had games from three-point line in the last few weeks where he's been one for 17, four for 20, five for 19. And I think that when you watch him play, you just wonder how long can he keep up this style of play moving into his 30s. 
Like how like again, when he goes to the line, like as many times as he goes is going to the line, that is a that is absolutely physical wear and tear. And again, I know, and that's what, you know, one of the things about Harden that you love about his game is about this game and something that you, something that you have to give him credit for is his durability. He does not miss games. He doesn't take games off for the most part. You know, 6'5", 6'6", about 215, 220. Yeah, he's strong as an ox. We all know. But that style of play with the going to the foul line and with being so dependent on jump shots, um, I don't know. I, again, I, I don't know how long he can play at the level that, he can, that he's currently playing at. You would think he would have another four to five years left at top, uh, three to four years at top level. Might be, might be closer to two to three. Like, yeah, I don't know if his game, I, I honestly don't know if his game is going to age well. And not from so much from a physical standpoint, from a physical standpoint a little bit, but from a psychological standpoint. When James Harden's shot is off, there's no plan B with him. He's going to keep shooting. He's going to keep shooting. Or if he doesn't get to the line, if he's not getting calls early, then he stops being aggressive in terms of going to the basket. So, I, again, I, predict, I, predicted this la- I predicted this in the beginning of the season. The, the narrative for Houston should not have been Harden and Westbrook and how they were going to mesh. The narrative is, and, should, and the narrative is to me, what it should be is, does James Harden have a number one, a championship mentality? We know he has a game. He has a. We know his game is a, of a player who you, who you may who you think you could build a championship around from a talent standpoint. We know he has number one talent, in all world talent, but we have not seen that man that that translate to um, him being a a killer on the court. Him having that mentality that mentality that that it takes to take a team over the top when the money's on the table. I haven't seen it yet, and that to me is going to be is going to drive Westbrook Westbrook crazy. Westbrook has been, Westbrook has been great the last two weeks, and really really been solid throughout the course of the season. I mean, he had a he had a little he had a mini slump like in I would say late November, early December, where he was you know couldn't make a shot, but. You know, the last 10 or 12 games, Westbrook is averaging basically 30. He's been basically 38 and 7, shooting 53% from the field and taking good shots. Taking good shots. Taking shots. Not, you know, only, this year he's only averaging like four, four and a half, three-point shot, three-point shot attempts a game, which is low for him. So, something to keep your eye on um, in regards to James Harden um, and uh how he, you know, how he finishes out the season going in, going into the playoffs. Uh, tonight, Brooklyn, yeah, Brooklyn, LA. You have also Portland and uh, Brooklyn, LA, Dallas and Portland. Because that and that should be fun. That Dallas Portland game. Luca and Lillard. Lillard, of course, dropped sixty one earlier this week, and of course, Luca. Luca is Luca. Luca is Luca. Kyrie Irving is expected to play. You'll see. So you'll see all the major players in that game: LeBron, AD, Kyrie, and uh, Kyrie Irving, who needs to just play basketball. Shut up and just play basketball. I mean, he just he really does. Like, he, like enough, 
enough comments, enough these. You know, I I couldn't imagine being in the same locker room with Kyrie Irving as a, as a teammate. I, I that I, I mean, the energy that he brings to a team is just completely is just toxic. It is absolutely toxic, and he just continues to put his foot in his mouth, just and just continues to say stuff that's just not that's just wrong. Like like we you know we're one or two pieces away. How about that ultimate weapon you have on the bench? And Kevin Durant, who who's probably the equivalent of, of, of like of having two all stars. So Kyrie needs to just shut up, play basketball, get healthy, and try to lead this team uh to the playoffs until Durant gets back uh next year. Eli Manning, of course, will have a retirement uh press conference tomorrow after sixteen years with the Giants, two time Super Bowl MVP, uh two time Super Bowl champion and MVP. Um one of the most durable players at the position in NFL history. Eli never missed a never missed a start due to injury. He didn't have that streak snapped until he was benched. Um, until he was benched uh, last year, not this past year, the year before last. Uh, of course, the Giants handled that miserably last year. Benching, you know, it's one thing to bench him for Daniel Jones, but the guy that they benched him for last year just made zero sense. Uh, who's not even on the team, by the way, that quarterback. Um, there's been you know a lot of talk. And a lot of questions about Eli Manning as a Hall of Fame candidate, and you know, is he, is he a Hall of Fame candidate? Yes or no, and you know, probably not, and what have you. Let me tell you. Let me just shut all that down. And this, is, I'm purely objective. I'm not a Giant fan. Um, I just, you know, I just love love football. Eli Manning, without question, is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and it's not even a discussion. We're talking about a guy who is one of 12 quarterbacks with multiple Super Bowls, and, multi, and that list is even lower with multiple Super Bowl MVPs. He led he eight and three in the playoffs. He led two game-winning drives in the Super Bowl. On both those Super Bowl wins were game-winning drives that he led. He, I mean, look at the quarterbacks that he beat in the playoffs and outplayed Rodgers, in Green Bay, far in Green Bay. Brady in the Super Bowl twice, not once, twice. Won conference championship games in San Francisco and in Green Bay. Think about the think about the two names, two franchises I just said. San Francisco and Green Bay. No one's ever won a conference championship in Green Bay prior to that. Okay. He was the number one pick, had to follow. And again, think of just put it in perspective for, for a second. He has to follow in the footsteps of an iconic brother who's one of, the, one of the five greatest quarterbacks in the history of sport in Peyton Manning, okay? He gets drafted number one. How many number one busts at the quarterback position have you seen? I don't have enough time on this podcast to go through all of them. And he gets and, – and – he forces his way out of – he forces San Diego not to draft him. And for the Giants, too, he engineers that along with Archie Manning and gets drafted by the Giants in the largest media capital of the world. And does nothing, had nothing but success. And you want to – you know, what is your argument against Eli? Well, he had a 500 record, record as a quarterback. The last five years of Eli Manning's career, the organization was one of one of the most poorly run, run fan franchises in 
the NFL. By far, one of the at like on on par with Cleveland and and even Washington, right? Right? Like maybe they were the third worst behind those two. But they, the Giants, in the last five years have been atrocious as far as drafting and you know allowing uh, Odell Beckham to basically you know basically uh, run rough shot and uh, poison that locker room. Bad coaching selections, bad just just have not had a clue what they're doing in the last five years. So yes, his win loss record that would mess up, uh, jack up his win loss record. But when the money was on the table, when he had, when you had, when he had to make a play, when he had to win a big game, his playoff record speaks for itself. It absolutely speaks for itself. And you know, you hear people say, you hear people say, well, outside the two Super Bowl runs, there is no outside the two Super Bowl runs. He was at a two. He is a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback and the two-time Super Bowl MVP quarterback. There's no outside that. You can't put that aside. There's no putting that aside. There's no putting aside the eight and three playoff record. Now, Eli Manning, all-time great? No, not all. I mean, there there are levels to this. There are levels to to Hall of Famers. There's like you. There are certain Hall of Famers that are heads and shoulders above other Hall of Famers. Is he in a lower level Hall? Is he a lower level Hall of Famer or a mid level Hall of Famer? Yeah. No, he's not. We know he's not Joe Montana. We know he's not uh, Brett Favre. We know he's not, you know, um, Steve Young. He's not on that level. Not good as Aaron Rodgers. I don't even think he's as good as uh, Ben Roethlisberger. To be honest with you. But all those guys I just mentioned are clear-cut Hall of Famers, and Eli Manning is a also a clear-cut Hall of Famer. He absolutely will be in the Hall of Fame. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer without question. Again, at that position, you cannot take away the durability aspect. The way quarterbacks get hurt, the way quarterbacks go down, especially some of the offensive line issues the Giants had over the, during the course of his career. So, it's, I, I don't, again, I don't, I, I just, anybody who doesn't think he's all of Famer, I just, you just don't know what you're talking about. It's just, no, to me, it's just not, it's not even a question. It's just something to say just, just because. Uh, saw Bad Boys last week, and, and, you know, I understand how much money is made. I understand the nostalgia that, that goes along with a movie like that. The first one coming out in 95, the last one. In the last one coming out in 2003, I walked out of that theater saying, we waited 17 years for this. And I'm not even going to give away, even though it's been out for close to a week, I'm not giving away spoilers, but some of the stuff, again, you have two 50-year-olds that are just too old to be running the streets as, as action cops. It's just, you know, Lethal Weapon needed Chris Rock to add some freshness and to extend that franchise. If Chris Rock doesn't join the Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon franchise in, in uh, Lethal Weapon 3, we would be talking, I, we, I, there's a chance that we would be talking about, I would be talking about Lethal Weapon 3 and 4, just like I'm talking about, just like I'm going to talk about Bad Boys for Life and Bad Boy 4, which is in production, or soon to be in production. Like you need it, you know, it's like, uh, 
you know, John Elway needed Terrell Davis, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, to extend his career. Um, again, this, it was it was it was the worst by far, the worst out of out of all three of them, out of the out of the franchise. It it was clear. It's not even a debate or discussion why it was that was the worst. One was a classic. Two was entertaining and funny. This I I, I may have laughed twice in the movie. There was one good scene in the movie. One involved involving. I, I don't even, I'm not even gonna spoil it for you. But there was one good scene. There was one quality scene um, involving Will Smith. I'll leave it like that. And, it, and the scene stands out. The scene stands out. So, again, I would, I will get I, Bad Boys for it. Will be a, a cable television movie for me. I'm not. They not again. They're not going to get. They won't fool me next year or whenever it comes out. 2021, 22. Probably they'll probably come out. It'll probably be out in 2021. It will not fool me. Fool me. Don't fool me again. But uh, I don't see. Again, we. I guess as movie fans, it's gotten to a point where we just have low expectations because I, I didn't. The you know what everybody is seeing in terms of liking this movie, I didn't see it at all. And I, some of the stuff I've been hearing, well, they lean into the aging process. I don't need bad boys to tell me to explain that we're all going to get old one day and die. I don't, I don't need the movie to explain that to me. I don't, I don't like yeah, like as you grow older, as you live longer, you're gonna get older and you're gonna slow down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Like and and they didn't lean into it enough to be honest with you. They didn't go all the way. They try to go halfway. They didn't go all the way in terms of the aging process with those two. But again, I would not. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, if you put your significant other and they want to go see it, that's one thing. But if you don't have to go see it, don't do it. Just wait. It'll be on. It'll be on HBO in three months. You know, but it'll be on HBO maybe enough in five months. You can wait. You can wait. Uh, as far as these power leaks, um, I'm standing clear of, of the of the power leaks. I don't want any part of seeing what's going to happen, even though I think my predictions are going to be right in regards to the you know Tasha and Tyreek being responsible for uh, being responsible for the shooting and killing a ghost. I believe that that prediction is going to be on it's going to be on point. Um, listen, Courtney Kevin Fifty Cent have a once-in-a-lifetime show with with Power. They are going to milk this for every dollar imaginable. You're going to see Power. They're talking about three spinoffs. You might see six spinoffs with Power. I get, I promise you. You might see that. You're going to get a Kanan spinoff. You're probably going to get a Tommy spinoff. You're going to get the, the sequel that's coming out. That'll probably be out this summer. You're not going to have to wait long. after When Power's done February 9th, I guarantee you, Power Book 2 Ghost will be out in sometimes in August, if not September. I, I promise you, you will not have to wait long for the first spinoff. So they're going to milk, they're going to milk this too. It can't be like, they're going to, they, they, this will be a billion dollar franchise before they, before they're done. The 50 Cent and Courtney Cameron will be able to retire off the amount of money that they're going to make off this, uh, off this franchise. I, I promise, off this show. I promise you. And you know what? Good for them. Because unlike Bad Boys, Bad Boys, at least power entertains me. At least I gravitate towards the, char the characters. It entertains me. You can talk about the writing being trash, but you know what? It's entertaining. 
Uh, one thing about Super Bowl Fifty Four before I let you go. There's been a, there was a lot of talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, San Francisco, of course, dominated the AFC playoffs. They just ran over people physically with the running game, and Garoppolo only threw eight passes against Green Bay. It's called playing smart football. Uh, it's called just doing If somebody can't stop it, you keep doing it until they put up some type of resistance. Green Bay never put, any, put up any type of resistance for the 49er running game, so that's why they almost ran for almost three, ran for almost 300 yards. The idea that they don't trust Garofalo, that they're trying to limit his, you know, impact on the game is the most ridiculous thing that I've heard this year in regards to a quarterback. Garofalo, since he's gotten to San Francisco, has, is, has been is 19 and five. Okay, you know what San Francisco's record, Kyle Shanahan's record without Garofalo is. Four and twenty-one. The year Garoppolo was traded to San Francisco, they were like, I believe they were one in ten. They were one in ten before he got before he made that trade. They finished the season five and zero. Last year, after he tore up, you know, tore his knee up, they started out one and two. They finished the season three and. Um, Three and eleven. Okay, you get a pattern here. It's it's not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. A coincidence at all. He's twenty one and five as a starter. Twenty one and five, and that is not a short, small sample. That's not like three and zero, oh, five and zero, oh, four and zero. Oh. That twenty, twenty six games is a is is a is a is a big enough sample to say if you're 21 and five as a, as a, as a team start quarterback, you have a positive impact and a major impact on winning. So, game he's not a game manager. I mean, like enough with that. Like please, like <laughs> this guy is a legit. I feel top ten quarterback. Not ten. They're not ten better quarterbacks than Jimmy Garoppolo right now. That or who you would take in the next. Three or four, three or five years, please. Yeah. So again, I you know, and then we'll talk. I'll talk more about the Super Bowl, and we'll talk to some people in terms of what they their thoughts on the Super Bowl. I don't want to get too heavy into it because we have plenty of time for that. But uh, those heard a lot at this weekend, or after, especially after the game. You know, Kyle Shanahan is this, and I like Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has been true. You know, you saw Atlanta fell apart. Without Kyle Shanahan, with their, with their offense, they haven't been the same offensively. So I, I get Kyle Shanahan is an excellent coach, one of the better young coaches in the sport, but not more valuable than, than Jimmy G. I'll tell you that. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of The Real Deal Podcast. As always, catch this podcast on my YouTube channel. I'll be putting out clips on Instagram, so stay tuned for that. I'm out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.